Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a treat. Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, a weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbott. And I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis. This week, we will be reviewing the newest divisive M. Night Shyamalan film, Old, and an attempt to start a G.I. Joe cinematic universe with G.I. with Snake Eyes, G.I. <laughs> Joe Origins. Origins. We were just talking about that the other uh, yesterday, G.I. Joe Origins, Snake Eyes is just... That title just makes more sense, but I, anyway. I, that's, I, I mixed myself up, because it should be G.I. Joe Origin Snake Eyes. Also, little addendum, it's the second attempt to start a G.I. Joe cinematic universe. I guess the third, technically, if we really want to get into it. But uh, the reason I phrased it like that is, this is the first G.I. Joe film that came out when cinematic universes oh, yeah. were that's as like big trying, as they were. Trying to actually, like... like titling get, it G.I. Joe Origins it's on the is such a... Like, yeah. God damn it, Hasbro. Um, we'll get into that, though. But before we get into all that, how the fuck are you doing? I'm doing okay, Kyle. How are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I know we recorded last week, but it feels like it's been a minute. Like, it has, it's it's yeah. refreshing to get back into the studio to, talking about movies. Back into the booth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Creating some shit. Hey, at least we're in the studio putting in the work. Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> Where the fuck's Donda? <laughs> at least Ted Lasso Season 2 dropped on time. Uh, the funniest thing I saw this week was that they made the uh, the Kanye subreddit uh, a Don Cheadle subreddit when he didn't release Donda. <laughs> it's just like, wow, I can't wait for Don Cheadle in Armor Wars. I think he'll be great. Like, it's just like random, like, like unassuming posts about Don Cheadle. That's so good. Um, <sighs> you watch anything this week? Yes. Um, I watched a film and I encourage you to watch it. You told me about it and I immediately, I finished Lake Placid and then immediately was like, hey, I'll watch this. Um, and it's, and it's called Shiva Baby. Yes. And it's a, it's an indie film released this year. And uh, I guess without spoiling things, it's about this, this girl who, uh, who goes to a uh, Shiva, which is a Jewish funeral yes. with her parents and there she runs into her ex-girlfriend and her current sugar daddy. And everything just kind of spirals after that out of control. Um, this is a fucking hilarious, very purposeful dark comedy. It is one of the most stressful experiences of the year, I think. It's, uh, I think I, think I put, put it pretty, pretty well when I said it's, uh, it's like if the Safties made Lady Bird. Like, it's just this unrelenting, just everyone's talking all the time and, like, nobody shuts and, up. And, and every just... time you think it can't get worse, it manages to get worse. It's on HBO Max. Yes. It's 78 minutes long. A breezy experience. Um, um, great the, performances. The, uh, the director, uh, uh, Emma Seligman. Yes. She, it's her directorial debut. She has a bright future. The dialogue is so on point. Uh, Rachel Senot. Senot? Yeah, the lead, the lead actress, incredible in it. One of the best performances of the year. She, she's going places. That, that, yeah, she's. I star. thought everyone was great. Everyone's great. The dialogue is a nonstop onslaught of a very yeah. funny, dry humor. It's, it's very like real. Humor. The score is like this droning. Oh, thing. it's so unnerving. It's, it's like a, a, I've seen people on Letterbox kind of say things like it's like a comedy 
shot through the lens of a horror film. Yeah, it's like... And I love that. It fe- if you've ever been to any family function, this is exactly what it's like. Yeah, and it's also the most Jewish movie ever made. Yes, exactly. Up there with uncut gems. For sure, for Jewish. sure. Um, yeah, if you like the Safdie brothers and you like dark comedies, this is like top of your list. Absolutely, um, check it out. One of my favorites of the year, 9 out of 10 for me. Uh, 8.8, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm right there with you. It's it's awesome. Um, I watch I watch some, some like, kind of uh, scattered films that I, I'll just briefly mention. I yeah. rewatched... Uh, my, my friend is the biggest fan of the uh, Spider-Man Sam Raimi trilogy. Yes. So I watched Spider-Man 2 again the other night. Still smacks. Yeah. Still awesome. He's awesome. Hey, Dom's my friend, too. I love Dom. <laughs> He'll be on the podcast soon. At some point. Um, Maybe sooner than you think. <laughs> I rewatch Ant-Man. Doesn't really hold up that well. I like Ant-Man. I don't know. It just gets a little worse every time I watch it. I just... I can't... I I'm just, bordering I, on disliking. I cannot it. help... But be immersed in the charm of Paul Rudd. I do love Paul Rudd. Uh, the they released. They finally finished up the Fear Street trilogy. I did. I have not watched the third one you've yet. Not so no spoilers. You haven't watched part three, but I mean, I don't really care. First, but like, you, you've watched the first two. Yes. This trilogy should have been a mini series. Yeah, it, it it's pacing and just the way it like parcels out information like, is just stepping, so scattered. Stepping back and looking like at the at the whole conceptual thing. trilogy, part two is mostly unnecessary. Yes. It doesn't really reveal any information. What I would have done personally is I would have made Fear Street 1994. Yeah. That's fine. Make it better. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then do don't reveal the mystery right away. <laughs> Instead, we get the mystery in part two, which is 1666, where we see the witch stuff. Yeah. And then you go back to 1994. Ah. That just makes sense. Yeah. But they don't do that. We have this whole unnecessary detour. This middle the, chapter. Yeah. What I will say is this third chapter is the best in the trilogy. Oh, yeah? It is the most consistently written and acted. I think the, the, the witch... Witchy, like, Salem uh, Witch Trials time period is the most interesting to me. Yeah. The Witch is one of my favorite horror films. Oh, yeah. That movie smacks. Um, and the score is really good in this movie, which is interesting because I did not like it in the first two. <laughs> Are there two. any more needle drops in the third one? I think there's, like, one or two when they get back to 1994. Ah. But, like, in The Witch, no. It, it's actually pretty cool music. Nice. Um, so... Yeah, I'd give the first two like five and a half, and the second one like a six or a six. And sure. A half. Or the the third one a I six think, or a six and a half. I think these are decent for like, you know, like teenagers and stuff. If, you know, if you're looking for like, there's like, worse. Like movie. a horror movie for like a younger audience that you know is still like mm. reasonably gnarly. You know, with some kills and shit. Um, yeah, I'd give there's the, better and worse films. I don't, I don't hate the first one. I'd give that one like a six, and then the second one, yeah, is like a five and a half. I I'll check out the third one. At some point. Yeah, it's not mandatory. Uh, I watched Pig this week. One that I have not gotten the chance to see yet. Absolute banger. It is uh, this very, very somber story of uh, Nicolas Cage plays... Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if they give it away in the trailer, so I won't spoil it. He plays uh, someone of prominence who, who lives in the forest... Uh, he, he's turned away from, like, kind of his life, you know, and he's, he's gone off and he's a hermit now. He lives in a cabin in the woods with his truffle pig, who, who is this adorable little pig that goes around and finds truffles for him, 
who he sells to Alex Wolf, who then goes and uh, markets them. And at some point, uh, people steal the pig. The pig is taken. Nicolas Cage is, is beaten up. And he then teams up with Alex Wolf to go on this journey to find his truffle pig. And as silly of a plot as that is, this movie is presented just very, like, like dour and just and, and serious. It takes this, this um, material so earnestly and treats this pig like... Like, it's the most important thing anyone's ever done. Like, like Nicolas Cage has to find this pig, or else the world is gonna fucking implode on itself. Um, and I think it just has a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff to say about, like, legacy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And life and all about that. And then uh, once you kind of learn more about Nicolas Cage's, uh, and Alex Wolf's characters, like, they kind of get to know one each other and form this relationship. Yeah. It's, uh, some, it's something that from the trailer, it looks like it's taking the basic concept of a revenge film and using it to make a great drama. It's almost a parody of, like, indie films. Like, it takes a lot of, like, those expectations and kind of subverts them in ways. Like, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. It, it's, it's, very, it's very meta, almost, but it doesn't, like, let you know it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a subtle kind of meta. The, uh, the director is Michael uh, Cernoski. Also, uh, another directorial debut. Uh, incredible. I, another director to watch. I think this movie like looks incredible. I don't. I don't know who shot it, but uh, cinematography is great. The score is awesome. There's a there's a song that plays over the end credits that is uh, like meaningful to the character. And that moment at the end just oh, gutted me. Yeah, no, I love this movie. Um, yeah, fuck it. I'd give this one like a nine. Pig's awesome. This movie rocks. Awesome. Uh, I don't. It's not streaming on anything. If it's in a theater near you, definitely check it out. Hell yeah! Yeah, that's that's my piece on Pig. Uh, does that lead us into our first new release of the week? I believe it does. So the first film that we <coughs> saw uh, bright and early yesterday was the new M Night Shyamalan thriller Old. And I feel like it is worth noting before we begin, we are both fans of Shyamalan. I would say. I like Shyamalan. I like Shyamalan. He has made great movies before. Uh, Split, one of the best horror movies of last decade. I love Split. Unbreakable's great. Science has a lot of good stuff in it. Sixth Sense. Uh, awesome stuff. Um, I, I, th- he's a director that even when I dislike his works, I respect the effort that it took to do something so original. He's very admirable in that way. Like he always swings for the fences, and and even if his movies are bad. They're an interesting kind of bad. Yeah. Which should probably lead us into how we thought of the movie. Um, Kyle, do you want to give us a brief plot rundown of Old real quick before we get into our thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Old revolves around a family who is invited to this, um, this resort. It's a, it's a very nice, luxurious, uh, almost too good to be true vacation. Wow. While they're, there, the while they're there, one of the managers is like, know this good getaway spot. No, not, I don't really tell everyone about it, but uh, you guys are, you guys are cool. You guys are cool. So they get on a tour bus with a couple, with another family. Um, and they're taken to this, this little alcove on the beach. And, uh, and things start going very wrong from what uh, <laughs> the, tra- the trailer shows that, yes. that people start to, uh, rapidly age, mm-hmm. and that is what I can say <laughs> without getting into spoilers. Yeah. So what? Uh, what did you think? This 
is I've seen people saying this. I, I happen to agree with people. This is M. Night Shyamalan at his most. Yeah, yeah I'd agree with that. Um, for better or worse. For better or for worse. People are comparing it to Tenet in that way, where that was uh, That's Christopher very Nolan annoying. at his most. Yeah. This is M. Night Shyamalan at his most. It's everything that you've come to either love or hate about him in the last few years. Yes. Very... Shyamalan distilled in a way. Very monotone performances, delivering the, very the dialogue's on the very nose, like, like stilted, weird, like off kilter. The camera work is very uh, strange and off-putting. Slight spoilers, but there's a twist that you get. There's like, a twist. He makes a cameo. Yes, maybe his best performance. Honestly, yes. He's 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 okay in it. Either that or shines. Yes, um, but. So everything that you've come to either love or hate or about Shyamalan is yes. in this movie, and depending on how you felt about the last five, ten years of his catalog will depend on... Like how you, know, you feel about this. I didn't like this movie. I liked it a little more than you. You did like it a little more than but you. But I don't know if I could call it good. I think there are admirable qualities here, but the execution is so awkward, and I get... I, I feel like I'm going to be kind of restating this a couple times I get that's kind of the point yeah I just didn't so, like the point Shyamalan is not for everyone man sometimes he like well like like not all the time you know it's like it, it really just depends on like the content fuck ah <laughs> Kyle just turned on the light and flashbanged me <laughs> sorry no you're good no I just um like sometimes what I mean by that is sometimes his shtick works and sometimes it doesn't. He he's a you know a mixed bag, but uh, hit or miss. But I, you know when he hits, he hits. I I think you put it perfectly. Where I I really do think it's down the line 50-50. Everything I love about Shyamalan is in this movie. And everything I hate about Shyamalan is in this movie. So I'm like every time it does something cool, like there's a cool shot or like like an actual moment of genuinely good acting, and like there's a really tense moment, and I'm like. Yes, this is great. This is awesome, and then it'll just go right back into those Shyamalan pitfalls, and I'm like, like, oh man, there's a great movie in here somewhere. Like, just it's mm. um, so it's a frustrating movie, I think, because I it can be so much better. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, I think I'm gonna hop into spoilers in a moment. Uh, I'll let you know before, but what I'll say is Shyamalan is a person for me who I think can direct a movie. And I think he can come up with a story, but yes. I don't know if he should be the one to write the full script. I completely agree. He's he's an ideas guy. Yeah, for sure. But maybe if he worked with like a, a writing partner or some, mm -hmm. some, someone to kind of... To keep him in check a little bit. Make things a little more... But but on the other hand... But yeah... I then know you, don't, then you don't get a happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, by saying what I like, I'm going to hop into some spoilers here. Because um, I want to get into what I like before kind of ripping this movie apart a little yeah. bit. I like the body horror in this film. Yeah. I think when this movie is being very disturbing, I think it's pretty cool. When it, when it actually is being a horror movie, it's good. I think there's a... There's a scene where basically they deal with all the aspects that come with old age mm -hmm. as these characters get old, cancer, like you find, dementia. You kind of find out. Are we, spoilers. Yeah. You kind of find yes. out as the plot unfolds that all of them have like a pre-existing 
like medical condition, and that's kind of what the, yeah. the constant between all of them is. There's a scene where one of the characters who has a calcium deficiency, her bones start cracking. She, she turns into a fucking pretzel. That was fun. I liked the uh, the villain getting cut with a piece of rusted uh, and, and metal. Be- and because they're aging rapidly, the, the rust just acts like it just eats away yeah, like a poison. almost instantly. And I thought that was a really cool moment. That was cool. I think... Beyond the body horror, I think some of the filmmaking is pretty cool here. Yes. I think there are some shots that worked for me. Um, there's sometimes the camera will it'll be like on a tripod and it'll just pan 360 uh-huh. a couple times. And while that's happening, because you know it'll just show chaos happening and there's like yeah. different sects of people and it's like good. It's good yeah. filmmaking. Um, I I thought that there were like some directorial touches and moments I liked. There's a part where it's the first time the kids age. It doesn't show what the kids look like for about five minutes. It yeah. always like hides them. I thought that was a really clever way to present it. I thought the score was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, very very tense. Uh, nothing like groundbreaking, but it was like yeah, it but fit it, for it, what it was fit the vibe very well. And the actors themselves. Some of them are good. I thought I thought probably the most consistently good was Alex Wolf, who I who I always like. Alex um, Wolf, uh, the actor who plays the dad, he was in Coco. I didn't like him at all. Really? No. I thought he was okay. Really, guy a guy El Garcia Bernal. Yeah, I thought I, I, I thought, thought Rufus uh, Sewell, Sewell was was all right at times. <laughs> he was probably the funniest actor in the film. Yeah, Thomas and Mackenzie, <laughs> I is has a weird voice. Trying her best. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, she's trying to talk like a six-year-old. No, I know. And, like, she's, like, trying to, I think, cover her accent a little bit. Yeah. It, it just was a strain. Besides that, I I think I disliked everything else about this yeah, movie. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I did laugh a lot. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Not at, not at points that they intended me to I kind of wish this leaned a little harder into happening... Uh, Shyamalan, like mm-hmm. the, like Lady in the Water. I wish it kind of went a little more full tilt into the goofiness. Because uh, I'm like, I'm like, pick one, you know, either be, you know. That's that's one of my biggest problems is the tonal dissonance. Yeah. Between like really serious subject matter and then taking some things seriously and some things are just weird yeah. and off kilter, like goofy. The, the movie. Almost uh, like yeah, like like you said, like it doesn't know when to take itself seriously. No, it's, it's bizarre. There's a couple moments where it kind of worked for me a bit. It would have worked better if the dialogue was good. The dialogue yeah. in this movie is awful. Yeah, it sucks. I get the point. I understand Shyamalan's style of writing. He has people explain exactly what they're feeling or exactly like what's happening. Hey, look, we found this beach on the website. <laughs> We're going there, but it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um. And the, the the actors are delivering all the dialogue. I'm sure it's based on his direction. Yeah. The oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are, the the mom delivers all her dialogue very very stiltedly. Yeah, I was not a big fan of her in this. She's great in a Phantom Thread. Don't even get me started on on Ken Lung, who is just oh my gosh. just awful. And I like him. He's in Lost. I love that guy. He is just terrible in this movie. Um, he's also in Saw. I yeah. Forgot about that. Um, but oh, that, it's that guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's Detective Singh. Yeah. Uh, he's good in Saw. He's not good in this. Nope. Um, and 
I thought the pacing was very odd in this movie. It's structured It's weirdly. the way that the events are like, like you get the intro and then they get to the beach and I'm like, all right, this yeah. is like a normal structure. But it's the way that the events, it's because everything's happening so fast. Some moments aren't allowed to simmer like they should. Like there's the entire... People don't react the way they should. There's the entire bit where Alex Wolf gets the other girl uh, pregnant Weird implications there, but the whole thing, she has the baby and it dies, and the whole thing is just kind of glossed over. They don't even do it. Yeah, that bothered me. There was like, and then like, they just kill that girl anyway. Yeah, she falls off the fucking cliff or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the girl from Little Eliza. The Littlest uh, Woman. Yeah, the Littlest w- Women. She's given nothing to do. No, she, yeah. Um, and it... Trying to dissect my thoughts on this is so odd because it's 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 just like every criticism I have of this I just feel like duh like that's Shyamalan like yeah like I don't and and you either love it or hate it you know like it's it's what I will say is I like I said I I think I appreciated this movie just a, a a bit more just because I don't know I guess I've I've really turned around on Shyamalan recently and I just. I guess knowing what I was getting into, uh, my brain was kind of ready to accept some awfulness. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was, re- I was ready to receive it. And I don't know what what I what I got. Like I said earlier, was just a, a frustratingly mixed bag. Like I think Shyamalan's such a talented dude, but he just I don't know if it's not that he's maybe he's not self aware enough to realize some of his stylistic choices. Maybe don't play the best to like most people, or maybe he just leans into it. To, like, appease, like, the niche market that that likes him. I don't know. But, fuck. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I, I, I yeah, I thought Alex Wolf was was good. At, was okay in this. He, he has his moments. Just, man, I, I wish the acting was better. Fuck. Um, and I don't, I don't even know if I can blame the actors. Because, yeah, no, exactly, no. Um, I thought... We have a bit differing opinions when it comes to the the cinematography, which I'm going to get into. Yeah, here. I thought there's a there's a critic I follow on Letterbox. His name's uh, Matt uh, Neglia, and the way he described it is <laughs> audacious but awful cinematography. And I agree sometimes. Yeah, I think he's definitely doing something unique. Yeah, there's a few shots in this movie where I think it's handheld, and he's like. Following around characters and zooming in really fast zooming and then in and zooming out. out. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck was happening there. Weird shit. Like, I would never say that's not unique. It's very unique. <laughs> and you, I get... Uniquely bad? And, you know, <laughs> I, see, I see the intention of certain things. Like, there's some framing where actors are, like, partly, like, cropped yes. out of the shot. And it's, like, trying to make you claustrophobic and uncomfortable. It's supposed to be, like, unnerving. But it just bothered me. Yeah. And I can't explain why. It just bothered me. This movie fascinates me, like, in the way that, like, the most pretentious student films do. Mm. You know? Even if it's not good, it's like, I can't help but just be, like, like, like enraptured by what's happening, good and, or bad. And just now, as we posted this, uh, someone that I follow and, and very much respect on Letterboxd just gave it a positive review and complimented specifically the cinematography and the performances. Dude, you could just call him Uwe Boll. Like, that's fine. Like... Yeah, my friend Uwe Boll. <laughs> uh, no. Who but... you respect so much. Absolutely. <laughs> Didn't he 
delete his letterbox? No, he got banned. Ah, oh, tragic. <laughs> he, he was saying the F slur a lot. Oh, <laughs> oh alright, never mind. The letterbox was like, ah. Uh, he's like, alright, we're gonna, we're gonna put a stop to that. Uh, also, yeah, the R slur and the F slur. <laughs> man, man, man's not well adjusted. Nah, he's, he's got issues. His letterbox was hilarious, though. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, and then we get into the... I would have given this movie maybe a bit more credit... If I liked the ending, I thought the yeah. last 15 minutes were real bad. It fucking, it just wouldn't end. Like, they do, like, this weird, like... The twist is, like, kind of a twist. They do this thing where it's like, oh, you think the main characters die, even though you're no, no. Dumb, you're in, you're a fucking idiot if you think the main characters die. Yeah. And then they reveal that, the, that there's, like, people, the people at the resort are putting people with medical conditions on the island, that part of the island... Um, to test, like basically, when they got to the resort, they'd give them them uh, cocktails yes. pre um, pre uh, made based on their like food preferences. Yeah. But they were really trying to find mixtures like that would work on certain types of diseases. Yeah. So they were aware of all these people's medical conditions and were trying to find the perfect. And this beach where the, it's just these rocks like mm. cause you to age rapidly. Which one did they actually secure? They they one of the one of the um one of the mixtures worked. Yeah, it was the dude with the uh, oh, it was a seizure the girl. seizure lady. Yeah, you see, she didn't have a seizure for like seven years. Well, uh, the point I was making was like because you age rapidly. That's like the reason they were taking people there was because you could like do years of research. Yeah. in like a day. But then. Spoiler alert, our two main characters, the kids, yeah. survive. Old Alex and they're like, and they're like these guys see. tried to kill us. Yeah, everyone gets and arrested. It ends so neatly. And then they fly away in a helicopter. I think it would have been much better if you had just revealed what was happening, revealed what they were doing, and then that was the end of it. Like, yeah. everybody died. Yeah. That's fine. I and, agree. And then, but... I agree. Yeah, it had, it had to have a happy ending for some reason. For some reason. Um, yeah, I thought it was okay. I didn't like this movie. That was alright. Um, I do respect Shyamalan for really doing something weird. Yeah, you know what? I would not say this is like any other movie. Dude swings for the fences. You gotta, you gotta respect it. The only if... movie this is like is other M Night Shyamalan movies. Exactly. Like it's it's a, it's a uniquely Shyamalan experience, and I admire that to a certain extent. That being said, it's one of my least favorite films of the year. <laughs> sure. Uh, four and a half out of ten. Uh, give it a five. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. But. <laughs> it was not the worst movie we saw in theaters this week because we got uh, Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Before we uh, hop into this, you, for some reason, <laughs> rewatched G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. This was not a required assignment. No, this was not. You a chose to do this. I had not seen it since I was a kid. I loved this movie as a kid. Um, and I, it was, it's on Netflix. It just dropped on there. And I was just like, you know what? Let's see what this is about holy fucking shit dude when i tell you this is maybe the most disastrous like franchise jumpstart ever i think i mean that shit yeah like there's not not a single thing in this movie that works channing tatum is such a boring charisma vacuum in this movie which is wild considering what he would like go on to do later yeah. like the dude's so funny and charming and he just has none of that presence in this movie Marlon Wayans is fine. He's kind of a non-entity. He's just kind of there. 
and and just yeah, man, it's so Stephen Summers, right? Stephen Summers, who who I like most of his movies. I'm a, listen, I'm a big Van Helsing stan. I will I will go. To, I like the Mummy. I'll go to bat for fucking Van Helsing, but this movie, man, it's it just uh, terrible direction. It looks awful. The CGI just trash sci-fi channel level shit like it's it's real bad and this movie was made for 175 million dollars i believe i think i looked it up uh we were talking about it star trek came out that same year was made for like 10 million less and looks incredible compared to this yeah um all the performances suck like i was saying they they uh they fucking do this thing that was like i guess it was a trend back then where like if you're starting like a new series like every character has to know each other and be connected so the baroness uh, spoilers for gi joe rise of cobra i guess you don't even have the the baroness is fucking uh duke's like old girlfriend and her brother was his old army buddy rex and that dude becomes cobra commander and it's just so fucking convoluted and stupid the one thing i appreciate about this movie is joseph gordon levitt having an absolute ball as the doctor. Like, previously, he's, like, he's got, like, a fucking, like, gas mask. Like I remember what he looks like. And he has, like, a monocle. Like, he's doing a lot of one-eye acting, because that's all he can fucking do. But he he's hilarious. He's funny as shit in that movie. Like, pretty unintentionally. But, yeah, um... Yeah, Christopher Eggleston just clearly does not want to be there. Yeah, I don't... I don't... I can't think of many redeemable qualities of this thing. Fucking... Two out of ten. Wow. Fucking sucks. Yowzers. Um, I didn't rewatch Retaliation. I remember it being fine. Yeah, I rewatched nothing. Yes. Uh, because it does not matter. It does not. Because uh, this is a reboot, which I didn't know for sure if that was the case. It is a reboot. Yes. Um, you can give a plot synopsis. Sure. Okay. So, Snake Eyes. Yeah. He's a guy, right? He's. Kind of a drifter-like type. Doesn't really have, like, a place in the world. He's a loner. He's a loner. He is on a mission, uh, personally, to find the man who killed his father. That's, like, what he wants. That's what he's trying to accomplish. He gets involved with the Yakuza at one point. Uh, Somebody brings him in, gets him on. The Yakuza boss is basically like, hey, work for me. I'll give you the guy who killed your dad. Snake Eyes is like, cool. At one point, Snake Eyes is, uh, is called upon... To execute a traitor within the ranks of the Yakuza. He can't do it. Him and the traitor escape. And the traitor, uh, his character's name is Tommy. Is, is that it? It's, uh, it's, yes. it's a Japanese name, but it, they, it's Tommy. They, call, they call him Tommy. Um, he d- turns out to be the heir of this ninja clan that are, are sort of like peacekeepers in, in the world. And so he, because Snake Eyes spared his life, he invites Snake Eyes to join his clan. And, you know, trained in the way of the ninja and shit. And that's, that's, I'd say that's pretty much the bare bones of it without getting too much into spoilers. Yeah. What a fucking snooze, man. This movie was boring as fuck. Yeah, it's pretty boring. Oh my god. Um. <sighs> Where do you even fucking start? I guess spoilers. Yeah, were... spoilers for Snake Eyes. Fucking, okay. okay. Okay, let's start, let's start with some good. Sure. I, um, I, I like doing that with these movies we hate. Um, some of the action beats are entertaining. My some of the action beats, you can tell... Sometimes. You can, uh, barring the camera work, you can tell that there is some good, uh, choreography and yes. stunt work the stunt, on the stunt display. work is competent on here. Um, if the camera work was better... You could actually see what was happening. I thought some of the casting choices were pretty cool. I liked, uh, Andrew Koji as, He uh, is the, he is Tommy. the best actor in the, in the film. 
I also, I just like seeing Aiko Uwais from the raid um, yeah. show up. And yeah. I think, you know, when he's given something to do, he's good at the action. He's yeah. good at the... Uh, for sure, for sure. Good casting. I'm a Samara Weaving stan, even though she's given absolutely nothing, nothing to do in this. I do love my girl. She's in it for maybe four minutes tops. And I think that there's like a portion, like every once in a while it would get better for like a few minutes. Yeah, you'd think it's like, okay, maybe this is starting to... Yeah, some some fun like kind of action beats and like the Japanese culture. I love the look of Tokyo. Yeah, so and, then, it, and then you realize it's like 30 minutes later and you're like, this is just plateaued that whole time. Yeah. Um, let's get into the bad. Yeah. Most of the performances are completely flat. Just not, not bad. Like, I don't think there's a bad performance in this movie. Just bland. Just everyone's... Just, every character is so boring. Henry Goulding is, and is boring in this movie. Yeah, which... And that, his character is unlikable. Henry Goulding's... Gold, is it Golding or Goulding? Golding. Golding. He's I seen, don't know. He seems Golding. like such an affable, like, charming dude. And I, I, I've i never seen Crazy Rich Asians, but... um, He's good in it. Like, he seems like he has a lot more charisma than they let him work with. He's just this, like... I think I mentioned it to you in the theater. It would be more poignant, I think, for the character if he was a bit more of, like, a charmer, like, fast talker, and then eventually became a stoic tough guy. But he's already doing, like, a stoic tough guy thing. He has a cool voice, like Karen Gillan, where, like, you're like, oh, look at you. You're pretending. Um, but, yeah, he's just so uninteresting, so unengaging. The character's so unlikable. So little like, presence yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, the character is... Uh, you find out about like a third of the way through the movie that he is st- when he escapes the yakuza he's still working for them like the boss to infiltrate uh Tommy's clan spoiler alert Tommy is storm shadow mm-hmm. that's eventually what you find out um but yeah he infiltrates storm shadow clan storm shadow's clan to get this jewel that can blow shit up yeah <laughs> i so i was under the impression that gi joe for the most part took place in a magic devoid universe. For the most part, I, I thought it was like relatively like grounded as long as you could accept like futuristic like technology. And, and for shit. this movie it is for the first hour and then the last trial are fifty foot um <laughs> fucking giant snakes giant show up. snakes. And, and, we're like, and we were both like, wait, what? Um and then yeah, there's that magic rock that shoots and like blows he people up. He fucking does the glowy thing that makes him hallucinate by the tree in the second trial. Yeah, yeah. This movie is so just all over, just a mess all over the place. I we I said this in the theater. This movie has ADD. Yeah, it, ADHD. Can, it, it can't stick to a plot line to save its life. It can't even stick to one action scene. Every action scene is like three action scenes. The plot is so forgettable that the movie forgets the plot. Yeah. Like, every action scene, you would think it'd just be one battle, and then it cuts to another battle, mm-hmm. and then another battle. And it's like, oh my god, just pick and choose, man. Like, Onto, And we gotta get into it. The camera work is sometimes incomprehensible. Nauseating. The um, action is shot. Oh, who directed this? Robert... Robert Schwenke. Who's made nothing but garbage his entire life, just and, and continues to make garbage. This movie uh, just does not know how to shoot a fucking action scene at all. No, he doesn't. Um, uh, fucking... The, the color palette... It's gross. It has the color palette of piss. Maybe I like this movie less than I thought. Fuck. Yeah. Yo, yeah, the color palette's really bad. Yeah, awful. I think that the character... Yeah, like we said, the characters are so flat and boring. The script... Besides- the, the whole script is just generic as fuck. Like, you've seen this story, like, a million times. Like, him, mm-hmm. like, having to, like, find his honor and, like, find a f- uh, family. You know, fucking, uh... 
yeah, just uh, just so flat and un- unengaging this whole movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I thought that God, like, I, what is there to even say about this one? There's not much. They thought they were gonna get a sequel. They really did. That's cute. The subtitles looked like they were written in Adobe Premiere. Oh, yeah, They're, like yellow. I totally orange. fucking forgot about that. Um, yeah, yeah, they like sequel bait at the end, obviously, because it's a universe mm-hmm. movie. Um, the shot that ends the trailer with him on the motorcycle in the suit for the first time—that's the, that's last, the last shot, shot of the fucking movie. It's some amazing Spider-Man Two shit. Um, yeah, this one th- sucks. There's some fun action beats. I, again, I liked some of the highway fight. I thought it was kind of cool. That's the best action scene in the movie. Yeah, it's I a, think. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and I, I did appreciate how, for the most part, barring a couple moments, they did, um, not used a ton of CG. No, it's it's not really noticeable until that highway fight. But even then, it's not the worst. No, no, no. For. I will give all credit to the stunt team for mm-hmm. this movie and the choreographers and stuff, and even the actors, for because I think, you know... They made it for $88 million, which, to be fair, is low for, for a, a blockbuster a, a like A G.I. Joe movie, yeah. Yeah, because you just said the other one was it's $175 not, not $175 million, I can tell you that. I'm sure it looks better than Rise of Cobra. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Um, yeah, it's, I'll say that. It's better than Rise of Cobra. Um, this this movie's biggest sin is that it's boring. Yeah, it's not offensively bad or anything. If you're into like kung fu or like you know ninja shit, then just wait for Shang Chi. Yeah, just wait for Shang Chi, honestly, or the Ghost of Tsushima movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this one kind of stunk. Four out of fucking ten. I'm right there with you. Four out of ten. Just boring. Um. Yeah. But that does it for the show this week. I, I guess so. Got to got to got to sit through some some mid this weekend at the theater. A little less than mid. Uh, but but next, next week. week. So next week we will be talking about the most anticipated film of 2021, Jungle Cruise. Yes, absolutely. Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt uh, coming together finally. Their charisma really going to bounce off each other. And, well, and I, and I guess we'll also be talking about the Green Knight. Yeah, whatever. This, this Green Knight movie or whatever the fuck. But Jungle Cruise. That's 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 going to be the good shit. So definitely be sure to, be sure to tune in for our Jungle Cruise review. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are. In all honesty, we are so excited for Green Knight. I think it's going to be the movie of the summer. I'm. I haven't given a movie above a five this year or above. A, yeah, or like a, you know, like or above a nine. I guess I forget. We do. Uh, we like we like mix up letterbox and like, like ten out of ten. <laughs> Listen, 10. numbers don't matter; they're fake. But you haven't uh, given a movie a, a nine above, or above. A nine or above this year, and I'm just, ah, I'm hoping, man. Um, it it I probably will be the movie this summer because this summer has been really it's, underwhelming. It's been a little, yeah, it's been a little lackluster. Um, um all of the good stuffs coming in the back half yes. of the year. I think Jungle Cruise could be fine. Yeah, but uh, but Green Knight, yeah, I'm probably not. But. So yeah, probably not. But I could listen. But if we can get a good Pirates of the Caribbean movie, maybe we can get a good Jungle Cruise movie. Hopefully, hopefully. But Green Knight, Green Knight. Uh, Kyle, you want to tell the people where they can uh, where they can find us? Absolutely. Uh, if you are guys are fans of the podcast, if you listen, first of all, which we know you are. <laughs> first of all, thank you. Uh, we appreciate everyone who tunes in. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Shakedown. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum. That's K-R-I-E-G-H-B-A-U-M. And you can follow me on Twitter at V underscore Fatman99 or on Letterboxd at my name, Jordan Dennis. 
Uh, usually this is the part of the show where I ask you what we're doing next week, but we already did that, so we're just going to go ahead and sign off here. Say bye, Kyle. Bye. <laughs>